glad that you have joined us today. We are finishing up our series called Crossroads United on this Thanksgiving weekend. And I got to be honest with you, you have to be reminded today that there is something to be thankful for, all right? Listen, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're encountering in this life, there is always, always, always something to be thankful for, all right? I got to be honest with you, Friday morning I rolled out of bed awakening from my food coma that was self-induced on Thursday. I don't know if anyone else had that same experience as me, but I rolled over, you know, wake up and then going, oh, what did I do to myself yesterday? And there's just that realization that Thanksgiving is such a great holiday because we get a chance to just pause and give thanks for all that God has done in our lives. And I think a lot of times, especially in this day and age, in this season of life where we're dealing with the effects of coronavirus and all the weight that we carry because of that, all the things that we grieve that we're not able to do, all the things that are lost. It's, it's easy to get wrapped up in everything that you can't do, and you forget all the things that God has given you that are blessings, that we just have so much to be thankful for. And when you're a follower of Christ, I want to challenge you with something today. I want to remind you that you have a future. And that's what we're focusing on today. Throughout this series, we've been looking at the, the prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is right before he was crucified. And this prayer reveals the deepest desires of the heart of Jesus. And we've realized that this is a prayer for us to be unified together in Jesus. One in our faith, united as one in, in family, united in one in our, as one in our focus of connecting people to Jesus and becoming more like him, united in the hope that we have in our future. And that's what we're diving into today, this concept of what does our future look like, because there is so much to be thankful for when you are a follower of Jesus. And I, I'm just excited to be able to take that opportunity and just pause and give thanks this Thanksgiving season. Now, as we shift gears and head into Christmas, <clears throat> make no mistake, this Christmas season at Crossroads is going to be amazing, and you need to be getting excited about what's going to be happening here at Crossroads over these next four weeks. First of all, we're kicking off our next series, It's a Wonderful Life, next Sunday, and you guys, we're diving in to the hope, the joy, the peace that we have in Jesus this Christmas season, and I honestly think it's a perfect time to just have that reminder of what we have in Jesus. We're also going to be having some fun, and we're going to be making some memories. Here's the thing. Coronavirus took some things away. We're being as creative as we possibly can to add some new things, all right? So lean in and get ready, because here's the thing. On Friday night, December 11th, you guys, we're going all in on family movie night, right? Here at Crossroads, our Goshen campus, we're having a double feature drive-in movie night, all right? We're going all in with the popcorn. It's food trucks. It's a double feature, you guys. We're showing the Grinch, and we're showing Elf because we can, and those are great movies. And these are awesome times. We just want to create opportunities and moments for you to have fun as a family, create events that we can keep inviting people to because our mission here is to connect people with Jesus. And it can be through an event like that that someone connects with what's happening here at Crossroads and their lives are changed. Now, if you think that's fun, I want you to lean into this moment for a second. Christmas Eve services, with all of the uncertainty of everything that's happening with COVID-19 and being unable to gather right now, we're saying we're blowing right through that barrier. We're going to go all in on having an amazing Christmas Eve experience. Who's with me on a Christmas Eve experience? We're going to have an amazing Christmas Eve experience. And listen, we're going all in. When I say we're going all in, this is what we're doing. On December 23rd and December 24th, 
We're going to have two services at 5 and 6.30 p.m. This is going to be the best of all worlds. I was grieving. We weren't able to do Bethlehem Live this year. We're bringing the best of everything to the Christmas Eve experience. You missed the live nativity with all the animals. It's going to be there at the Christmas Eve experience. You're, you're, you're missing out on the idea that we're going to be able to have our candlelight services where we sing Silent Night together and walk through the Christmas story. We are going to be doing that at the Christmas Eve experience. And I just want to challenge you right now. Put that on your calendar. Choose a time, choose a day. Enjoy that experience with us. We want to create a memory that you can share as a family that you will never forget at our Christmas Eve experience this year. It's going to be better than ever. So take that, COVID-19. There, you heard it from here uh, first at Crossroads Community Church. The Christmas Eve experience is going down. Now here's the thing. Today we are doing something really special. And honestly, at Crossroads, this is what it's all about. Everything we do is to connect people with Jesus. And when people connect with Jesus, we are all about celebrating the changed lives. You guys, this morning we have six people that are taking that next step in their faith, and they are being baptized. And at the end of this service, we are celebrating changed lives. Who's excited in this room about that moment happening? That's right. We have everyone who's being baptized in this room right now with their families. This is... I'm going to be honest with you, it's a little bit of a raucous crowd. I'm not going to lie to you. They're a little bit hyped, they're a little bit crazy, and I love it. And here's the thing. Why are we excited today? Because of the reality that Jesus changes lives. And when we encounter him, everything changes. And why is that? Well, it's because of the focus that we have today. It's the future that we have in Jesus. We have hope, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but for eternity. And when we realize the future that Jesus has prepared for us, that he has planned for you, I want you to know that changes everything. It changes the filter of, of everything in my life because everything in my life now is contingent on this reality that I have a future that I can invest in. And I want to begin today with the end in mind with this question. I want to ask you something. What kind of future are you investing in? Can we just pause and consider this for a second? What kind of a future are you investing in? I think when we talk about investing in our future, we fall into the trap of, of thinking that this is just like a single focus in life. We always think about future planning in terms of finances. That's really the only type of planning that we have, you know, throughout our culture uh, here in America. When you talk about investing in your future, it's all about your finances. And, and what are you investing in so you can have a good retirement, so your future can be secure? Well, that's great. And honestly, if that's what you're focused, then you had a great week, all right? Let's just be honest. That, you know, stock market went over 30000 for the first time. That means nothing to me uh, until this year when I started dabbling with the old E-Trade. Now it means something. It's fantastic. 30000 wow, that's a big deal. All those stocks came roaring back. Everybody was all depressed and angry in March and April. They're happy as they could be this week. It's been a good week if you're investing in your financial future. Here's the thing, though. I would encourage you to think a little bit bigger than that. Let's talk about life goals for a second today. Investing in your future, what does that look like when I think about my legacy? How am I investing in my future when I think about the impact that I am going to have on the lives of people around me? The influence that I have. How am I leveraging those moments where I can lead others, help them become more like Jesus? Think of things with an eternal perspective. Instead of thinking about purely financial goals, let's think about our future. What does that look like with my family? What kind of family do I want to be a part of? What kind of family do I want to develop and, and grow over the years? What do I want my legacy to be? What do I want my future to look like in terms of my family? 
Sometimes we can think about what life goals we have in terms of the experiences that we want to encounter in life. And, and we make goals to think about, okay, what does my future look like? What is it that I'm aiming for? These are things to consider. What does my future look like? Because listen, when you put your trust in Jesus, your future is much more than this life. It is an eternal future. We have an eternal hope that Jesus gives us. It offers us a peace and a joy and a purpose that is not comparable to anything that this world has to offer. And Jesus speaks to this in this prayer. It's the final piece of this prayer. And honestly, it's, I think it's, it's one of the most powerful moments that we see in the heart of Jesus. I want to recap this prayer in John 17 that we've walked through for the last three weeks. Jesus says, I am praying not only for these disciples, that's the 12 that were with him, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Remember, that's you and that's me. That's us. We are the ones who believe through their message. I pray that they will all be one, unified, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. See, when the world sees us united in Jesus, sharing a love and a kindness and compassion that is found nowhere else, that changes things. That makes our light shine real bright in the darkness. I encourage you to realize that when we are united in Christ, your light shines bright. Jesus prays, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. And here's the payoff today. Here's what I want to focus on. This is a powerful moment in this prayer of Jesus. He says, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Now consider the reality of that statement and the power of what Jesus is praying. First of all, Jesus right now is revealing the desire of his heart. This is the only place in the New Testament where Jesus says, I want this. Like, I want this. It's like a selfish prayer for Jesus. And he's saying, Father, here's what I want. I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. This is the future that Jesus wants for you and for me. This is the hope that we have of eternal life with Jesus. This is the desire of Jesus' heart. He is saying, hey, this is what I want. I want you to be with me. I tell you what, that's powerful. That gives me chills when I read through that. I'm, I'm not lying because here's the thing. The deepest desire of the heart of Jesus is for us to be together with him. That's why he came to planet earth. That's why he sacrificed himself, laid himself down on that cross so we could be united together in him. And this is the future that he longs for us to be a part of. And this is an eternal destiny that he's talking about here so when you think about life in general and you realize yeah there, there's moments when things don't go my way there's years of my life now apparently where my whole world gets turned down you know by a global pandemic yeah that, that stuff happens and there are things that go wrong but when you realize that in the grand scheme of things that i have a hope in jesus that is eternal that my future that jesus longs to have with me is my eternal destiny I want to remind you today, there is always, there is always something to be thankful for. You are dearly and deeply loved by God. You are his child and he longs to be with you. This is the deepest desire of the heart of Jesus. And so I want to challenge you today, when we talk about the, the kind of future that we are investing in, can we just talk about that for a quick moment? If I want a great future, we've got to realize that a great future is built on a great foundation. That means that when I talk about planning for my future, making life goals, we talk about financial goals, we talk about legacy goals and influence and family and experiences, 
That's great. But the foundation that I have to build my life on, that everything has to filter through, has to be the foundation of Jesus. We, we don't list spiritual goals in here in this list because the spiritual goals should be intertwined with every goal that we have. You think about your financial goals. Well, on my own, I'm just making financial goals to, to get as much money as I possibly can. You know, what's the magic number that this world has to offer you? It's more. That's the magic number. There's never that number that's enough, right? It's always more. It always leaves you empty if you're just focused on yourself and focusing on the measures and the standards that this world has to offer you. And I want to encourage you today to think about all of these goals that we set for our future in terms of spiritual goals, building these goals on the foundation that is Jesus. Consider the reality, and this is what I'm talking about here. If I'm talking purely financial goals, what does that look like when I filter, filter those financial goals through the lens of Jesus? Well, that means that as I'm accruing wealth on this planet, I'm realizing that I hold this loosely, that God has blessed me with this, these finances, and that in terms of being greedy or generous, that now I have the opportunity to live generously into the kingdom. The more God blesses me financially, that means the more I get to bless others. What an incredible way to look at your finances. How about that for a financial goal? Not making a goal of how much can I get. How about making a goal for your life of how much can I give away? Wouldn't that be an amazing way to, to flip things around upside down? Talk about investing in a future. That's investing in something that lasts. We talk about legacy goals. I want to tie that to my spiritual life, to my relationship with Jesus. What is my legacy going to be? I want that legacy to be built on Jesus. I want my legacy to be eternal. Not here today, gone tomorrow. I want my legacy to matter. When it comes to my family, man, I want my, my kids to be better men than I am. I want them to know Jesus and to love him and have character. Those are the most important things to me. When we talk about experiences in life, wrapping all of these goals that we have for our future around this lens and through this filter of Jesus, building my foundation and my future on him, that brings much more meaning, much more significance to any goals that I make for myself in life when I'm planning my future around Jesus, when I'm building my foundation on him. We see this, this uh, principle throughout scripture. I love what it says. In, uh, in the writings of Paul here, he says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. He's talking about his ministry, how he's gone to all these different cities. He's done all of these things, spreading the gospel of Jesus. And he's planted the seeds. And then other people have risen up in places that he went and started pouring themselves in the lives of all these new believers. And that's how the church was formed. Paul was instrumental in going around and starting the local church in all these different areas around the world. And so that's what he's referencing here. But he says, each one should build their foundation with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you're going to build a foundation for your life, for a future that is secure, for a future that has meaning and significance, and that foundation has to be built on Jesus. It goes on to say in Scripture that when we build our, our foundation to our life on anything else that's, that's not Jesus that all of that stuff is just considered wood, hay, and stubble. What does that mean? Well, that means that when I stand before God someday, and he's going to ask me two questions. What did you do with Jesus? And then what did you do with the gifts I gave you? What did you do to invest for your future? What did you do in your life that you, where you had eternity in mind? Everything that I did, everything that I, I put so much time and effort and energy in in this life that wasn't eternal, wasn't built on that foundation of Jesus, it's just going to get burned up in the fire. It's, it's wood, it's hay, it's stubble. 
But it's in that moment where I'm going to stand before God and everything that I did in this life that was built on that foundation of Jesus or everything I did in my life that was a goal that I set for my future that was built on Jesus, that's the stuff that's going to be revealed in the fire. It's going to be refined. Those are going to be the things that I lay at the feet of Jesus. That's what I will be rewarded for in this life. That's the foundation that is secure. That's the foundation that we want to be building on. I mean, in Scripture, they talk about that moment and how some will escape that fire, get into the, <clears throat> through the gates of heaven, just as one, it says, escaping through the flames. I mean, consider that picture for a second, right? You're at the gates to heaven, standing before God. It's like, whew, that was close. Like, you, you got in, but you still smell like smoke, my man. You know, go, go freshen up. That's, that's a little bit crazy. I don't want that to be my experience. When we talk about the future that we have with Jesus, I, I just have to ask you this question, what kind of future are you investing in? Are you being intentional about filtering everything in your life, all of your goals, everything that you're working toward through that lens of Jesus? Is he the foundation that you are building your life on? Because at the end of the day, it's only what you do for Jesus that matters. It's that old phrase that I used to see in my grandpa's garage every time I went through the, the garage doors, our life on earth will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. It keeps you focused. What kind of a future are you investing in? I hope today that you can realize that you're building your foundation on Jesus. And maybe you're realizing right now, I need to tweak some of the goals that I have and make sure I'm filtering that through the lens of Jesus because that is the foundation that lasts. It stands the test of eternity. Well, if I want a great future, it's built on a great foundation. A great future is also the result of great focus. That is me staying focused on the reality that the hope that I have in Jesus must guide every moment of my life. That's what I've got to stay laser focused on. And there are so many things in this world that distract us from that focus. But the reality is if I stay focused on Jesus, that's going to help me build a great foundation on my life. Because the reality is life is short. And as I get older, I'm 43 now. Tom Brady and I are the same age, in case you were wondering. Um, I am 43 years old, and I'm starting to realize just how quickly life goes by. In fact, over Thanksgiving, uh, as I was in that daze, you know how you kind of get in that, that hazy place after you've eaten that massive Thanksgiving lunch and your body's not quite sure what to do next? Do I go into full coma? Do I try to stay alive and active? I don't, you don't know what to do. It was in that moment of just kind of haze. I don't know if I can stay awake for this football game because one, it's terrible, uh, but two, I mean, who... Why do we have to watch the Detroit Lions every Thanksgiving? It's just terrible football. I'm gonna, I digress. But my body's in this weird phase. I'm not, no, not sure what's happening. It's Thanksgiving afternoon. And what happens? Well, my, my mother-in-law gets out all these pictures from all of our time together growing up. And she has pictures from when Dana and I started dating. We're looking through all these pictures. And I can see myself, picture myself 17 years old, 18 years old in college. And I'm going, I, I remember that guy. That guy was awesome. And I'm realizing that was 20 years ago. And I'm going, where has the time gone? It goes by so quickly. And what we do in the time that God gives us, it matters. I have an opportunity to build a foundation that impacts my future. Every single choice I make is an investment in my eternal destiny. I want to ask you today, what are you doing with the gifts that God has given you? Are you investing in an eternal future with the gifts that God has given you? These are moments we can't miss. These are moments that we have to lean into and focus on because these moments matter. These are critical moments in our journey with Jesus. I love what it says in James chapter 4. He says, what is your life? 
You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And you are here today, you are gone tomorrow. The only thing that's going to matter in this life that we live is what we do for Jesus. What kind of a future are you investing in? Is it built on Jesus? Because that's the life, that's the foundation, that's the future that we have to stay focused on. That's how we build a great future. Here's the reality. I believe God has a purpose for everyone. And he has given each of us gifts and abilities that we are to use to contribute to the community. This is a hard pill to swallow right now with, uh, with coronavirus. I'm just going to, I'm going to personally grieve for a moment with you, okay? So if you're like, oh, Tim, stop crying all these tears. I'm just being honest with you right now. I'm going to be a little vulnerable. I miss having church. Can I just, can you give me an amen from wherever you're watching? Online, in your car. There are a few people here today that said amen. We all feel it. And I grieve the loss of fellowship, the inability to gather right now like I would like to. But part of why I grieve is because at church is where we have the greatest opportunity to live into the purpose that God created us for. We all have gifts and abilities that God has given us to contribute to the community. And there's no greater place, in my opinion, than the local church to lean into that giftedness and to use the gifts and abilities that God has given you to invest in your future, to pour yourself in the lives of children and teenagers, to welcome people, to get involved with your gifts and abilities, whether it's leading worship or running tech or running the cafe, wherever you get involved, we have the opportunity here at church to use our gifts and abilities to not only just contribute to the community, but the goal there is that we get to be part of this community, this movement that's connecting people with Jesus. And so I grieve the reality that we're just kind of all stuck on the sidelines for, for all intents and purposes right now. We're having to get real creative to think about how we continue contributing and using these gifts and abilities that God has given us because everything's just kind of at a standstill. And so I grieve that. That, I believe, is one of the biggest losses that I mourn right now in the local church. It's difficult to live into that purpose and utilize the gifts and abilities that God has given us. We're having to be real creative right now. But the reality is, man, a great future is the result of great faith. It's living into that purpose and believing that God created me for this moment and he's called me to use my gifts and abilities for such a time as this to invest in my future and to take those steps of action to put that into practice and bring that to life. And so I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 9. Paul says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He's talking about a farmer sowing seed. If you don't sow a lot of seed, you're not going to reap a lot of crop. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I mean, this is all about living generously. The, the idea here that we see, and we see it all throughout Scripture, is that if I'm talking about living a life that is building on a foundation that is built on Jesus, that's focused on my eternity, and living in faith, that means that I've got to be all in. There, there's, no, there's no other goal in my life. I'm focusing on my future. I am focusing on my eternal destiny. And if I'm stingy in my investment in my future, if, if I end up being greedy, the only person I'm hurting is myself. I ask you this question. Just, just think about this for a second. We talk about the idea of generosity and greed. And we think about how we define people and describe people as generous or stingy or greedy. And I want to ask you something. 
when it comes to the lifestyle of someone who is generous versus someone who is greedy, you might have those people in your life. I had, listen, my grandpa, Grandma Schaefer, I love my grandpa, Grandma Schaefer. They were my favorite grandparents. I'd make no apologies. I had favorites. See, maybe, I think some of you guys did too. You think about your favorite grandpa, your favorite grandma. That was my grandpa and Grandma Schaefer. But let me tell you something. My Grandma Schaefer was cheap. She was a cheapskate, and I make no bones about it. She did not even hide that fact. When she gave you a Christmas present, it usually had some sort of defect in it. And her, her pride moment was, I got that on clearance for $7. And you're like, well, thank you, Grandma. I know now exactly how much I'm worth to you. Thank you. That's awesome. And that's my memory of my grandma. You know, she found some underwear for me on sale when I was like 13. It's like size, you know, seven to eight-year-old boys. I'm going, Grandma, I can't fit one leg into these things. This is terrible. Terrible. I'm just reliving all my terrible Christmas moments with you. But here's the thing. How do you want to be remembered? As someone who is generous or as someone who is stingy or greedy? How about this? Who do you think has more to be thankful for in life? Someone who's generous or someone who's greedy? Who do you think has more fun in life? Someone who's generous, someone who's greedy. Who do you think has more friends? Someone who's generous or someone who's greedy? When you show up to your funeral someday, who's going to have more people at their funeral? The person who lived generously or the person who was greedy? And we talk about our future, the focus that we've got to have, the foundation that we're building on. Man, if I'm investing in my future, that really, at the end of the day, is my eternal destiny, I want to encourage you today, live generously. That's another thing I love about the local church. We have a chance to live generously into the plan that God has for our lives. Here at Crossroads every year, we, we have a Christmas offering. That's a tradition that we've developed over the last few years. And this year, our Christmas offering is really special. I'm not going to lie to you. We might be one of the only churches in America that is starting a new campus in the middle of a global pandemic. I want you to know that. It's kind of crazy, right? You talk about audacious faith. Like, God has clearly opened the doors behind the scenes. We believe that we are doing this. And, hey, just full disclosure, in our St. Pete campus two weeks ago, we had our first event. I wanted to show you a couple of pictures of this. We had our first event. It was the Fall Fest. Can we give a round of applause to everybody on the ground in St. Pete bringing this to life? Here's the thing. We've already started meeting all kinds of people in our community. You see these pictures of people engaging with what's happening at our campus in St. Pete. I want you to know, you guys, when you're engaged here at Crossroads, you are engaging in connecting people with Jesus. You are engaging in changing people's future. This is eternal stuff. We have the opportunity to invest in eternity when we invest our time, our talent, and treasure right here in the local church. And I want to challenge you today, and I'm just leaning all into this right now. Our Christmas offering this year, we're going all in on connecting people with Jesus. Most of what we raise for our Christmas offering is going to be thrown right toward our St. Pete campus launch because we believe this is our best opportunity right now to connect as many people to Jesus as we possibly can. And the doors that are being opened right now behind the scenes, we're going to be telling some stories over the next few weeks. I want you to get excited about the opportunity that you have to give toward the launch of this campus because you guys, we are in this together. And I'm just going to challenge you today. When it comes to our Christmas offering, we always challenge everybody at Crossroads, just give to the Christmas offering above and beyond what you would normally give in your tithes and offerings. Maybe it's what you would give to your kids this year. Maybe you're cheap like my grandma and you bought a $7 shirt. All right, so your Christmas offering is $7. I would encourage you, though, to think big, to really invest not only in the work of Crossroads and our mission of connecting people with Jesus, but in your own future and your eternal destiny. 
We have opportunities like this to invest with our time, our talent, our treasure in the things of the kingdom, the things of Jesus, and to help connect people with him and unite us as one in our future that he longs to have with us. So I encourage you, think about as a family what you could give toward our Christmas offering. Together we can be a part of a movement connecting people with Jesus, not only here in northern Indiana, but also down in Florida. And as that spreads, you guys, I believe our greatest days are ahead of us. This is just the beginning of something amazing. I want to put that on your radar. Guys, Christmas offering this year, we're changing lives. Who's excited about connecting people with Jesus now? This is what it's all about. This is our mission. This is why we do what we do. And I can't, I can't wait to see how God is going to use these, these ministries as they come from nothing. So here's the thing. In John 17, I want to wrap up with these final words of Jesus in his prayer. Because he says, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. That's our future. That's the deepest desire of the heart of Jesus. But then he concludes by saying, then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. He wants us to experience the fullness of who he is. It says in scripture, right now we can only see the lens of eternity darkly. We see it just a glimpse of what it really is because we're broken. We live in a fallen world. We're separated from God. But when we step into eternity, man, we see the fullness of the glory of Jesus. And he longs for us to experience that with him, to be united with him forever. So the reality there is that we are united in the hope of eternity with Jesus. This is the promise that we have in Jesus, this promise that we look forward to. This is why we always, always, always have something to be thankful for. We are united in the hope of experiencing his glory being in the presence of our creator God. There is no one like him. He is holy. There's nothing like him. He's beyond what anything we could ever conceive or imagine. And finally, there's that recognition that we can encounter the fullness of his love in eternity. That is my eternal destiny. That is the future that Jesus longs for us to experience with him. And you guys, I gotta be honest with you. As... As we live on mission here at Crossroads, as we're doing everything we can to connect people with Jesus, these moments where we're able to celebrate changed lives excite me more and more. Today we're celebrating the changed lives of six people here in this service who have given their lives to Jesus. They are saying, I have decided to follow him. I am part of the family of God. And in just a moment, we're going to begin baptizing people and celebrating this change. But you guys, the reason this is amazing is because when we unite in our faith in Jesus, we are one family. We are united as children of God. We have one focus. We're connecting people with Jesus. We're becoming more like him. And you guys, what unites us is we have one future together with Jesus. And it all begins with that moment where we say yes to Jesus and where we identify ourselves as followers of Christ. And we realize God has changed me. And we have the opportunity to celebrate those moments together. And so I would love to lean in in this moment as a church family and celebrate these changed lives together because these are the moments that we were created for. And I want to just clarify, when you take this next step of being baptized, what you are doing is you are saying, I have put my faith in Jesus I have asked him to forgive me, to come into my heart and make me new. And I'm, I'm telling everyone in the world around me, all of my friends, everyone that I know, that I have decided to follow Jesus. I am going to live for him. And that's why this is such a special and sacred moment, because this is the moment that changes 
everything. You're identifying yourself as a follower of Jesus. You're saying Jesus has changed my life and we have the chance as a church family to celebrate that change. So let's get our hands together and get ready to celebrate some lives that have been changed, all right? I'm going to move over here by our baptistry, but the first person I want to welcome up here uh, in just a moment here is going to be Tatiana. Let's give Tatiana Nelson a warm welcome of applause as she comes onto the stage and we get ready to celebrate her changed life because this is what it's all about. This is why we do what we do here at Crossroads. And so we're getting in our, our hot tub baptistry right here. It's not really a hot tub, but wouldn't that be nice? That would, I bet you more people would sign up for baptism if we had a hot tub for a baptistry. Uh, Tatiana, you are here today, and we are celebrating your changed life. It's because of your profession of faith in Jesus that we have this opportunity right now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we celebrate that changed life right there. Uh, the next person being baptized today is Eric Miller. Let's give him a warm welcome as he gets in the baptistry here. And we get ready to celebrate his life that has been changed by putting his faith in Jesus. Eric, this is a great moment, man. I'm excited to share this with you. And let's not lose in this, in this moment the reality that you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that he has changed your life. And it's because of your profession of faith in Jesus, Eric, that we baptize you now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's give it up for Eric. That's a good time right there. <laughs> uh, we celebrate the change. Uh, now as we celebrate the change, we're going to celebrate with Olivia Koppel. Let's give it up for Olivia. She's getting in here and being baptized. <laughs> uh, Olivia, this is a special moment. And look, you made it. You made it in. <laughs> Sometimes people almost baptize themselves. I feel like you almost did that. That would have been fantastic. Uh, but Olivia, uh, this is a special moment. You've put your trust in Jesus. And it's based on your profession of faith in him that we get to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we give it up for Olivia right there and now let's welcome Kyle Beatty Kyle is being baptized he has put his trust in Jesus and uh, we are going to celebrate that changed life today these are terrific terrific moments I was uh, I was telling our group of people being baptized today that these really are special moments this is the payoff for us at Crossroads the staff behind the scenes because this is why we do what we do we're connecting people with Jesus and this is a celebration of the fact that God's worked in your life. And because of your faith that you've put in him, we have the opportunity and the privilege right now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, that is good work right there. That is good work. Uh, the next one being baptized today is Joey Ziegler. Let's give it up for Joey. He is a life that has been changed by Jesus that we are celebrating here today. Uh, Joey, it's the same thing as everybody else, man. This is your moment. This is a sacred moment where we celebrate that you've decided to follow Jesus. You've put your trust in him. And it's because of your profession of faith in Jesus that we have the opportunity, the privilege right now to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> uh, it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, the last one being baptized today is Chloe Wogeman. Uh, let's give it up for Chloe. Uh, these are special and sacred moments. Uh, as she is being baptized uh, by her parents here today. And I love, I love these family moments. These are moments that are sacred. These are moments that are special. And you guys as a family, I mean, we talk about investing in our future, you know, making goals as families. You know, what kind of family do I want to have? 
what an amazing moment to be able to baptize your daughter here and, and to share this special and sacred moment together. And so, Chloe, you've put your trust in Jesus. And so in front of everyone here watching today, you're saying, I'm going to live for Jesus. This is who I want to be. And so it's a privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's all about. That's, that's why we do what we hear, do here at Crossroads. We're, we're connecting people with God so we can celebrate the change that he brings to our lives. And you guys, when you put your trust in Jesus, I want you to remember, there is always something to be thankful for. Your future is bright. And so I just encourage you today to think about, uh, with, with a lot of focus and a lot of intentionality, what kind of a future are you investing in? I hope today that you'll commit to building the foundation for your life on Jesus to fully committing everything that you're doing to him, that you'll live generously into this purpose and plan that he has for you. So when you stand before God, you'll have nothing to be ashamed of. You'll have a future, an eternal destiny that is bright because you invested in a future that mattered. You invested in a future that was eternal. Jesus, we are so thankful today for who you are, for the incredible love that you have for us. And I just want to pause and just give you praise because you are worthy. There is no one like you. And even though you are beyond anything we could ever conceive or imagine, Jesus, it's humbling. It's an unbelievable truth to, to realize that the deepest desire of your heart, Jesus, before you were crucified, before you paid the price that I could not pay, the deepest desire that you had, what you wanted more than anything, any, more than anything else, was to be with me. And so God, I just pray that you would help every single one of us to realize that the depths of your heart, the greatest desire you have is to be with us May we, Jesus, do everything we can to invest in a future that is built on you, that will stand the test of time, that will give us an eternal destiny with you. We love you. We praise you today because you're worthy. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.